I will be sharing today about how we should be there for others just as God is there for us. Take a moment now and prepare your heart for today's service. If, if you don't know me, I'm Javen. I, I had the honor of being the lead pastor here, but I'm excited today to, to hand the stage over to our student pastor to come and share God's word with us. So if y'all would help me welcome, not just our student pastor, but a brand new daddy to the stage this morning, Pastor Caleb. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Miss Sarah. Hey, just so y'all know, I'm going to go ahead and address this. Normally, I'm about finishing up by now. Okay? So, if you were planning to get to lunch early today, it's not my fault. Okay? All right? But, I'm super excited to be up here with y'all this morning. Pastor Javen, thank you again for the opportunity. If y'all didn't know, as Pastor Javen said, me and Rachel had our son two weeks ago, two Sundays ago. Um, And I wanted to share with y'all some pictures. So Ryan, if you want to go ahead and go to that first slide, this is baby Dylan. Oh, just in case. All right. If you want to keep going, we got a couple more. Cause like I said, I'm sorry. We were running a little late. Here's here he is again. This was when we were in the hospital. And this next one was at his first doctor's appointment. He was not happy, right? Um, but one thing that I've noticed a lot is when people ask, who does he look like? And I said, Rachel, everyone seems to go, yes. Is that, was, I don't, I don't know how I'm, how I'm supposed to feel. But the more I thought about it, I said, you know what? You were right. Yes. He looks just like Rachel. So he's cute, right? Um, but seriously, if we haven't, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for for the love, the gifts, the support, the encouragement, because we knew what we were getting into, but we at the same time had no idea what we were getting into. So thank you from us and thank you for all that you guys do, not only for, for us, but for this house. Each and every week, our volunteers, people, y'all come, y'all worship, worship God. And we, I, I love how there's this family environment and I hope that we can continue in that throughout this new year. Um, but my, my message this morning is entitled, I'll be there for you. And what I noticed in these last couple of weeks is that there's one person that I know he's tiny and he is absolutely dependent on me and Rachel more so Rachel than myself. But what I've learned is that if, if I don't go throughout my life saying, Hey, I'll be there for you, the people, and you might have someone that comes in, that comes to your mind who are, who, who are you there for? It could be your family. It could be your friends. It could be your coworkers, your children, uh, your parents. It could be complete strangers. It could be someone you meet in the, in the supermarket, someone you see on the side of the road that might be broken down. But this thought and this topic of being there for people is kind of what God has called us to do, right? Is to be there for other people. In Matthew chapter 22, this is where I'm going to start. So if you want to go ahead and be turning to Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 and 40, this is where Jesus was asked a question and he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And we know that there were 10 commandments in, in the old Testament, but, but Jesus, obviously he came to not change the law, but to, to, to give us a new law, right? And in Matthew 22, 
verses 34 and 40, this is what it says. It says, hearing that Jesus has silenced the Sadducees and Pharisees, they got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus, re- Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And obviously, if Jesus himself said this is the first and greatest commandment, we ought to take that pretty serious and applying it to our everyday life. But I love this next part. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we, we think, you may think this about this a lot. I know when the students, when we had talked about it in youth, who is your neighbor? I had one girl say, I don't even know who lives near me. We ain't got neighbors. Sometimes we get caught up with this thought of neighbors as the person that lives to your left or to your right or maybe in the same neighborhood. But in reality, by the end of this message, I hope that you all realize that your neighbor is any and everybody. Right? Anyone that you come in contact with, everyone that you may see, talk to, it it may not even be a face-to-face conversation, but your neighbor is any and everybody. And if we go about our lives with that mindset of where Jesus is saying, love your neighbor as yourself, if we loved everyone how much greater not only other people's lives would be, but how much greater our lives would be. And one thing I think that we need to acknowledge here is in this very first passage that we just read, Jesus is saying that we're, we're called to love God, love ourselves, and love others. And I love this part too when he says the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Some of you, if we're honest, you would say, I don't even love myself, right? And that's part of the reason it's hard to love others. But once you acknowledge and realize that not only are you called to love God, but you're called to love yourself so that you can love others. If you do not know this, love is not just a word or a feeling, but it's an action. How you conduct yourself, how you show love to people can make all the difference in your life as well as theirs. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, this is what it says. It says, this is how we know what love is is that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? In verse 18, he says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. It's one thing to say I love you, it's another to do it. Put your love in action. And this morning, we're going to look at this story in Luke. Some of you know this story. In Luke chapter 10, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 25 through 37. And this is a very famous story. And it goes off that first uh, passage we read in Matthew. What is the greatest commandment? And this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Right? There's a, there's a story that Jesus was, was asked a question and he begins to tell this story. But... On verse, in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, it says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? If Jesus is about to give you this answer on how to, inter- how to inherit eternal life, we ought to take note of it and listen, right? What must I do? Verse 26, what is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? Verse 27, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. 
verse 29, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked this question to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus goes and tells this story. He says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and then went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to this place, he saw him and passed by on the other side. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring an oil pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to the inn, to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave it to the the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Verse 36, which of these three men do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. I don't know about you guys, but one of the things that bothers me right off the front is the people that should have been there to help went to the other side. The ones that should have been there to help avoided the one that needed help, right? That bothers me. But what really bothers me is knowing sometimes I'm that person. If we were honest, there's a lot of us in this room that are like that person. We see someone in need. But versus being the one to step up and help, we have the mentality of, I don't have time. Someone else will help. I got things to do. But what Jesus is saying, when you love your neighbor, you will not pass by on the other side. You will go out of your way to go and help, right? I'll be there for you. If we have that mentality, if we have that mindset for any and everyone, if we're talking about loving our neighbor, we're talking about loving any and everyone, I'll be there for you. And what can we learn from this? One thing I I feel like we can learn starting off is that we see that there is a Jew and a Samaritan. And in scripture, we read and we know from history that the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. And if you also know about Jesus, Jesus had a thing for Samaritans that even though they were not supposed to be around each other, not supposed to hang out or spend time with one another, Jesus would go out of his way to go through Samaria. And we see this throughout scripture, but... But we see that Jews and Samaritans did not get along. And one thing I think we can learn is that we can be there for others without agreeing with them. Right? We can be there for others without agreeing with them. Because if we were honest, I guarantee everyone in this room, there's not a single person that agrees with every single thing everyone else does. But that doesn't mean we can't be there for one another. That doesn't mean we can't love one another. And like I said, love's not just a word, but it's an action. I can say I love you all day long, but if my actions don't back that up, it's no good. But Jews and Samaritans did not get along because of division, anger, and pride from past history. But in Romans chapter 12, I'm going to explain this in a second. But in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, this is where Paul is talking about how we should not conform. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Even though these two people did not agree, there was no 
conforming, right? Nothing changed except the fact that love and care was shown. So our culture has set up this perspective that if you don't, if you don't support me, if you don't agree with me, we can't have anything to do with each other. And that's not the case, right? Because as we see in this story that Jesus has shared, there's a Samaritan and a Jew and they don't get along and they don't support each other. But yet we see love and care and mercy for each other, right? But we can do that without conforming. Also in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it says, Do not love the things of this world or the things that this world offers you. But for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. He's not saying, Jesus isn't saying we have to change to love. What he's saying is you can love without changing. You can be there for someone without changing. I can be there for you without me and you disagreeing. We can disagree all day long, but at the end of the day, I can still be there for you. And and the question is why? In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, this is what he says. It's what John says. He says, dear friends, let us love one another. Why? Because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We love because he loved, right? Before we even acknowledge Jesus, before you even have to come to Jesus, you can still love. If you go about your day, whether you believe in God or not, right here, right now, if you have the mindset and the perspective that someone loves you, God loves you no matter what. God loves you before you loved him. How much different that will make your life. In 1 John chapter 4, 19, a little later on, he says, John says this, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. He has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And then in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8, Paul says this. This is where Paul talks about how God is there for us. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, though whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so that we also glory in our sufferings because we know the suffering that produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope and hope does not put us to shame, but God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given to us. You see at just the right time when all, when we were all still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. In verse 8, this is it. But God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we knew God, we were all in that place. You weren't born a Christian, right? You weren't born a Christ follower. But before you ever gave your heart to God, he loved you. That's why I believe that, that you can belong before you believe. 
And I stand by that because God loves each and every one of us, each and every one of you. And even though you may feel in your life that no one is there for you, there's moments in your life where things are good. There's moments in your life, moments in your life where things are bad. And you may feel like there's no one here for me. There's no one there for me. What I want you to know is one, God is there for you. And secondly, we should never feel that way. And what I hope is that as us, as the people who are listening to this message, that we can have this mindset that, hey, no matter what, I'm going to be there for someone. I'm going to be there for people. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what they're going through. I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to be present. I'm not just going to say I love you. I care about you. I'm going to be there. I'm going to love and care for you. Three things that we can learn from this story of the Good Samaritan. Three ways that we can love and be there for others. We see in the very beginning, we can take this, stop and care and help. If, the, if We saw two other people that should have stopped and helped, and they didn't. They didn't just walk by, they, they went above and beyond and past the other side. They went out of their way to avoid helping someone. But the one thing that we can do is we can stop and help and care for others. The second thing is we can be generous with our time, energy, and resources. We see that the, the, the Good Samaritan, it says he put, he put the, this man on his own donkey. He didn't like drag him to the side or let his donkey pull him or try to make him walk. No, he put him on his own donkey so, and he walked. Think about that. He gave up his time, his energy. We don't even know where he was headed or where he was going, but he went to the closest end to take, to take care of him. And then, in verse, and, then, and then thirdly, go the extra mile. Don't just help the bare minimum. He didn't just help him in that moment, but he gave the innkeeper two denarii and he said, hey, whatever extra expense, I'll pay it when I come back. He went above and beyond the bare minimum to help this man that he doesn't even know, that he doesn't even agree with, that he has nothing to do with. I'll be there for you. How can we be there for other people? How can we help other people? How can we love other people? But not only that, but just knowing that God wants to be there for you. All you got to do is let him in. All you got to do is let God come into your heart and have his way in your life. I'm, I know I said I'm going to get y'all to lunch early. And I know that I feel like I've been rolling through this. And I hope this is making sense. And I hope that y'all are getting this. But I, I'm closing right here. All right. I have this story that I want to share. And this is, this is a story that when it happened and took place years ago when I was in high school, it literally had no impact at all. But the older I got, the more I thought about it. It's like, man, this, this could actually hit home with something. And I thought it'd be wonderful to share it with y'all this morning as I close. When, when I was in high school, my dad's church, we would, we would take up Christmas gifts, kind of like how we do um, around Christmas time here for the children's home. We would, we would try to find some families in, in town that needed, needed help um, financially or even just around Christmas that we could bless them and give their, their children some gifts so they would have an awesome Christmas. And so there was this one family, it was one family left, and my mom's like, hey, will you take this bag of gifts to this family? Here's the address. They know me. Just let them know who you are and all this good stuff. I said, yeah, absolutely. So I... I try to find this house. It's already, it's like, I think that day it was like raining, right? I, my phone like wasn't working right. That was before like GPS. So I'm like trying to read the instructions through a text, not making any sense. And I get all lost. I, I begin to get frustrated. I begin to get upset. I begin to get angry. I begin to get mad. 
And finally, I call my mom. She's like, yeah, yeah, you're right there. It's that house right there. I said, okay. So I pull in. I'm trying to have a, I mean, I'm trying to do a good thing, right? You know, when some things you try to do a good thing and then stuff happens and you're like, why isn't this working? Right? It was that kind of thing. I get to this house. I get this, it was like a trash bag. I know it sounds bad, but it, it was that many, that many gifts. I had to put in a big, a big trash bag to get to the, the door. I get to the door and I begin to knock on the door. I begin to knock on the door. I see lights on. I hear people talking and no one comes to the door. Well, I'm like, yo, come on. So then I began to bang harder. Nothing. Like, I hear you. I almost said that. I was like, I hear you. Like, come on. Nothing. Nothing. So I called my mom. I was like, look, they're in the house. Like, I know they're in the house. She's like, well, don't leave the, leave it there. Cause like, you know, my mom's super protective and stuff or paranoid about it. She's like, people are going to take all the gifts. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I took them back. I took them back with me. I said, well, you call her when you get in touch with her, like, let her know. She's like, yeah, I'll let her know. Turns out she wasn't home, but her kids were, they were told not to come to the door, whatever, whatever. It works out. They were great kids. Right. But like I said, in that moment, it was just a goofy story where I get frustrated trying to help someone and bless someone. It just don't work out in that moment. But when I got older and I got thinking about that story, I think about that story a lot. Isn't that like God with us sometimes? Where God comes to the door of your heart. He says, I want to be there for you. I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want to love you. And all you have to do is open that door. Let me in. Because that's what I was thinking. Let me in. Right? Like a crazy person. That guy's not crazy. But just that that feeling of, hey, I just want to love you. I want to bless you. I want to give you gifts. Your heavenly father is like that. Because I know there's going to be a moment, if you already haven't experienced that, there may be a moment in your life you're like, hey, there's no one here for me. No one gets me. No one understands. No one, no one, I have nobody. But God's saying, hey, I've been knocking on the door. All I want to do is come in and spend time with you. I want to be there for you, but you just kind of let me in. So if that's you today, let him in. Let him in. I don't know about you guys, but there's there's times in my life where I'll pray. I say, God, give me someone today that I can help pray that prayer and during the day you see someone that needs your help and then it gets awkward right you're like ah man god it's 11 30 and i got i gotta be somewhere 11 35 but what bothers me with that after i sometimes would drive on by or walk on by it hits me That's exactly what I prayed for. That's exactly the miracle that I was supposed to help someone have. Someone needed something. I was supposed to be there and I walked away. Church, let's not miss out on our miracle. Let's not mess with someone's miracle. If you are that person God has sent to help them, help them. Be there for them. If we could stand, I just want to pray pray for y'all this morning. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this morning. 
God, just as you were there for us. Lord, help us to be there for others. Lord, if there's anyone in our lives that we may or may not know right now, that we can help, Lord, help us. Help us to help them. Lord, when we we read your word, Lord, help us to love you with all our heart, our soul, our mind. And Lord, help us to love our neighbor as ourselves, God. Lord, if there is anyone in this house right now, you come into their heart to transform their life. Lord, I pray that this morning they make that, they make that step. They open the door, let you come in. And Lord, as we go throughout this week, Lord, help us to love the way you would. Help us to see others the way that you would. Lord, help us not to conform, but Lord, help us to be transformed live a life according to you. Help us to love others like you would. Be with us this week, Father. We love you. We thank you, God, in your wonderful name. Amen. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com, go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.